We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Well, thank you all so much for having us this morning. Uh, We're really excited to be here. I don't know how many of you know, but as a church, you guys support us monthly. And so we're very appreciative of that. And personally, I just want to say you guys have an awesome pastor. Pastor Steve and Yvonne were um, two people that when we had first moved down here, um, just really uh, started speaking into our lives right away. Um, One of my roles was to form relationships with local pastors. And so I just picked up the phone and started making calls. And uh, Pastor Steve uh, met me for coffee. And ever since then, uh, him and Yvonne have just always been there for us, whatever we needed, whether it be for Teen Challenge or uh, personally in our lives. And so uh, we're very blessed to have them in our lives. Thank you. So, and what a beautiful welcome. We're in a different church every Sunday, uh, just sharing about Teen Challenge and ultimately sharing about the hope that Jesus brings. And we don't ever get that amazing of a welcome. I mean, that was good. I wish I could bring you wherever I go. <laughs> And just to say thank you, church, uh, at Teen Challenge, I handle all the administrative work, and that includes finances. And I just want you to know that when you give, you guys just gave in that offering, you are changing lives. You don't even realize that what you're putting in to that bucket is being dispersed not only locally but globally, and you're making a difference. There are times where our electric bill is paid to the penny on the date that it's due. And you are helping us keep the doors open, keep the lights on. And men that are sitting here are able to hear about God who is the one that breaks the chains of addiction because you're helping us keep those doors open. So thank you to you for giving and entrusting this amazing board that just really seeks the Lord about where to give those finances. So thank you for that. And uh, we actually have a, a short video about Teen Challenge, and then we're going to tell you a little bit more about our center. And I am so passionate about getting the word out, and I'll tell you why. Every parent that I talk to says the same thing. I wish I would have known about Teen Challenge. And they say, I wish I would have known 10 years ago when this behavior, this started. And so really, I want you today, if you wouldn't mind, to stop by our table and grab just a card, a bookmark. It has our number. There is a good chance that every person in this room knows someone that has been affected by addiction. And maybe you'll even hear more about someone um, later on this week, and then you'll have some tools to give to them. Our mission is very simple. It's to put hope within reach of every addict and to supply them with what we believe is the answer, and that's Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things that you can do to help, 
but there is one that can heal and restore. And so that's our mission. Um, Teen Challenge, our local center here in Tallahassee, is just one of hundreds, actually thousands, all over the globe. So we have centers all over the United States and um, now in a lot of other countries, which is pretty amazing. And so our center here in Tallahassee is a men's facility, and we house uh, just a little over 40 men, and that includes some staff and some interns, and then those that are walking through our doors. It is a 12-month residential program, so the best way that I can describe it to people is it's like church, but we all live there. <laughs> so it's a, it's a great and hard Maybe like a fraternity would be a little bit of a better description with all men. Um, it's the greatest thing and the hardest thing to do. Um, and so we applaud those men that are here today that have made the decision to surrender their lives to Christ. And so um, thank you for all that you do for us. As I look around, I see so many faces that help us in so many different ways. So not only as a church body, but there are so many here that, you know, with your business and with your time, um, you help us and you support us. So we just say thank you because without you helping to hold our arms up, we wouldn't be able to do this. And so thank you for all that you do so that we can help others. And I'm going to turn it over to Mike only because I get to be with you guys next week too. So I'm really excited. Uh, so I'll be back. This won't be the end. Amen. Actually, let me just share this real quick. This is, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I have to share this because I know Cindy Forstall is going to really appreciate this. Um, so our work with the Arab Muslims, uh, when we came here, we just thought, God, what are you doing? You know, we like we thought we were going to be missionaries in the Middle East, and I was ready. Like, we're going. We are going to the ends of the earth. And so when we came here, I was so just, God, what in the world? What are you doing having us here? Tallahassee. Yes, Metro Detroit to Tallahassee was a far jump. And so um, anyway, I over time really just gave it to the Lord. And just recently we opened our first teen challenge in the Middle East. And so there is a teen challenge in Lebanon. And this is the cross and the switchblade translated into Arabic. And all of our curriculum is being translated into Arabic in countries that will not, that we can't send missionaries to are opening the doors and saying Teen Challenge can come in because we're cleaning up their streets as they call it and we don't want anything in return. So while the gospel may not be able to pre be preached from a missionary's mouth in Lebanon, within the walls of Teen Challenge, we tell them that he is the answer, and he is the only way. And so I'm just so excited about what God's doing right now. It's good stuff. And Cindy, he had a purpose. <laughs> Thanks. Amen. So um, I'm very familiar with the hopelessness that a life apart from Jesus can bring. Because I spent the first 28 years of my life that way. And I spent uh, 14 of those years trapped in addiction. But it wasn't 
too long ago that the Lord showed me the addiction was just a symptom and the disease was a separation from him. And we can all relate to that in some sort of way, whether it's an addiction to drugs and alcohol or relationships or food or exercise. Anything can take the place of him. And uh, any lack we have in our life can probably be traced back to some sort of separation from God. So from 14 to 28... I spent that time um, with that symptom of addiction, but God had a different plan for my life. And at 28 years old, I entered into Teen Challenge in uh, Long Island, New York. And so that was, wow, uh, 13 years ago now. So 13 years ago, I entered the doors of Teen Challenge. And I had a plan. I was going to get clean, get out, and I was just going to drink beer and smoke pot. (laughs) And that was it. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to get this this clean time in from all the hard stuff. I'm going to, and then I'm going to get out and I'm just going to drink beer and smoke pot and everything will be fine. But God had a different plan. So about two, yeah, about two months into the program, I, um, I, I was like, okay, let me give this a chance, because because prior to that, I had my plan. I was going to fake it till I made it, get out, and then do my thing. But about two months into the program, I had a, I, I was like, okay, let me give Jesus a chance. I'll give Jesus a chance, as if, right? I'm going to give you a chance, Jesus. So I started listening. I started listening to the sermons. I started um, reading my word. I started really paying attention in class, not just getting by, you know, um, thinking, meditating on what was going on. And I was frustrated because I understood nothing. I mean, literally nothing. People kept telling me, read the Gospels. So I read the Gospels. I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. It's foreign to me. I didn't grow up in church. I had no church background at all. So I'm 28 years old. I'm reading the Gospels. I have no clue. So after, I don't know, probably a few weeks to a month of that, I said, okay, back to plan A. Going back to plan A, I don't understand. This makes no sense to me. We're going back to plan A. But God, but God, that very night, the very night that I said, that day I said back to plan A, that night I had a dream. And in that dream, I'm I'm in the center I was at in Long Island. That's where the dream took place. And I get out of my bed, and I go to get a drink of water. And there's a lady in white. And she kind of looks like the good elf witch from Lord of the Rings. Not sure why. It's just what she looked like. And I'm um, 
lamenting to her. I'm, I'm, I'm just frustrated. I don't understand this. I don't understand God. I don't know who he is. I don't know what's going on. Nothing's working. And she's just sitting there listening to me. She doesn't say a word. I turn around and get a drink of water, turn back around. She's gone. I go, great. Now she's gone too. So I walk out into the courtyard. This is, this is all still in my dream. And everybody in the center is out there. And they're not, they're not fighting, but everybody's kind of in each other's faces. There's a lot of chaos, you know, pushing, shoving. And I'm walking through, and I'm just like, I have to get out of here. I, I got to get out of here. And so I go back into the center, and I go back into my room, and on my bed, there's a little piece of paper, and I pick it up, and it says, read Isaiah 41. And so I woke up. Instantly, I woke up. And at this point in time, I had not ever opened to the Old Testament, because everybody was telling me, read the Gospels. So that's what I was doing. So... I open up the Bible to Isaiah 41, and I'm reading, and I get to verse 8, and it starts out, it says, I have called you back from the ends of the earth to serve me. Do not fear or be dismayed, for I am your God, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I can't explain it to you, and I'm, I don't mean to mess with anybody's theology, but I knew, it was just like in that moment, I knew that I knew that I knew him. And I knew that I was saved, and I knew that that... Um, the emptiness, the searching for all those years, you know, 28 years of my life, and more specifically, 14 years of my life, it was gone. The searching was done. It was filled. He was there. And I just, I knew that I knew that I was saved. I've prayed the prayer of salvation many times afterwards just to be sure, but I knew in that moment that I knew him. And it was at that point in my life where um, things started to turn around for me. Um, restoration in my family. Uh, restoration in my finances. It was a long process. It's been a long But it was, it was that moment. And, you know, here I am uh, 13 years later, you know, and I have complete restoration in my family. Everybody in my family trusts me again. You know, I have no debt. You know, beautiful wife, wonderful children. And uh, it's, it's due to the power of Jesus Christ. Because he brings hope to the hopeless. That's what he does. That's what he's in the business of. He brings hope to the hopeless. And I want to take a minute and um, switch perspectives real quick. And I want to talk about how, as believers, when we feel hopeless, when we feel like all is lost, when trials come our way, what do we do in those times? Because a teen challenge, and as you just heard in my testimony, we hear, we see lots of stories of hope coming to the hopeless at a time in their lives, in our lives, when we're far from God. Maybe we never knew him, or maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's, we did know him and we forgot about him. You know, 
Those are the those are the types of stories we hear. But what about when we are serving God? What about when trials and suffering come our way, hopelessness comes our way, when we are serving Him? When we have hurricanes, when things don't go our way, you know? How do we find hope in those situations? So let's take a quick look at Romans 5. We're going to read Romans 5, uh, 3 through 5. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Also, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Is any, how many of you guys are familiar with the Passion? Listen. Listen. It'll stretch you. Well, if you're like me. It's very poetic. It's a newer translation. It's very poetic. And um, I'm not very poetic. I'm very literal. I like the American Standard Version. Or, you know. But uh, the Passion Translation is, is great. It will, it will stretch you. And I want you to listen to this from the Passion Translation. You'll see what I mean. It says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. How awesome is that? This hope is not a disappointing fantasy. For believers, this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. So how do we have hope when everything looks hopeless? How do we do it? Well, first, we are going to rely on God's presence. We're going to rely on God's presence. Rejoicing in suffering, it, it doesn't mean that we celebrate when bad things happen. But it, mean, it means we can believe that God's doing a redemptive work because of who he is. Redemptive means that God's not going to waste your hurt or your disappointment. He's not going to waste that. He's, He's able to use that to build us and shape us more into the character of Jesus Christ because that's what his passion is. God's passion is to shape us and mold us into the character of Jesus Christ. We all have different passions in life, right? Um, Sports, music, food, not sure what else there is after that, but God's passion for his children is that we would look more and more like Jesus. So he's, when we rely on his presence, he is not going to waste your hurt. He's not going to waste your disappointment. He's going to use it. When we go through suffering, um, you, you can probably relate. We often seek God more intensely in those times. You know, I can think back 
over my life of being in relationship with the Lord. And in the past 13 years, I can think in those times of suffering, those are the times um, that I go after him harder, you know. And I'm sure many of us can relate. Um, God uses suffering to help us to rely on his presence. In Psalm uh, 23.4, I'm going to read that actually to Psalm 23.4 because I like it. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. Isn't that a great version? David says that he doesn't fear because God's with him. He relies on his presence. David's relying on his presence. And it brings strength and comfort. And then in Psalm 31, David reveals that one of the reasons for his joy is that he's forgiven. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. See, we can't determine God's love for us based on good or bad circumstances. Um, We have to base it on the cross and what he did for us. That's what we base our love on, his love for us. So we rely on God's presence. Secondly, we're going to rely on God's provision. We're going to rely on God's provision. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, Paul says that he suffered from a thorn in the flesh. A thorn in the flesh. Um, God, I believe this. I know there's a lot around this. And I don't know what that thorn was. I'm not going to going to pretend to know, but what I believe about the thorn in the flesh was that God was so concerned about Paul uh, not becoming proud or conceited that he had to do that to prevent that from happening, whatever that thorn in the flesh was. It was a way to keep Paul humble. And so in our current situations, I think what God says to us is that his grace is sufficient for us. Even when we feel weak, he makes us stronger than we've ever been. And his grace is sufficient. His grace isn't, um, it's not some sort of abstract idea. Um, It's the person of Jesus Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit. So the hell we may be going through is the very circumstance God can use to bring us to a whole new level and deeper relationship with him. So first we're going to rely on his presence. Then we're going to rely on his provision. 
And lastly, we're going to rely on God's power. We're going to rely on God's power. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, uh, the last part of it says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So what is your weakness? What's our weakness? Maybe a son or a daughter that hasn't turned out quite the way you thought. A job situation that uh, has gone not as you expected. Uh, A medical diagnosis that scares us. Um, Or maybe it's a hurricane that has left you with a certain level of uncertainty that makes you feel uh, depressed or anxious or lost. But whatever it is, Paul says he will boast in these things because when we're weak, the power of Christ rests on us. The greater the enemy comes at us, the greater Jesus is in us. Sometimes we hear voices, all of us I'm sure can relate, we hear voices telling us, quit, give up, let it go, don't stop. It's the enemy. Or it's yourself trying to give up. But don't stop. Keep going. When you're weak, he is strong. And the greater the attack against us, the greater Christ is in us. But we have to rely on his presence, his provision, and his power. Amen. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are and what you do in our lives. Father, help us to know you better, to understand you more that we can rest in the truths about you. Father, we love you, we love you, we love you. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.